Tonight, we're going to look at the Christmas story. A Savior is born. The passage is so familiar that you practically know it by heart. It's in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Pray with me for just a moment. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that Jesus has come. And that, Lord, we can be saved. That grace is given. Hope is given. That, Lord, our hearts can be full of joy and thanksgiving. Because all the promises that you made so long ago have come true in Jesus Christ. And so once again, Lord, we thank you. We praise you for our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Luke writes, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled. All, at all those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as was told to them. The second chapter of Luke began with the Savior's Advent in verses 1 through 7. It continues with this angel's announcement in verses 8 through 20. A Savior is born. The birth of Jesus brought Mary and Joseph from Nazareth. The birth of Jesus brought angels from heaven and shepherds from their fields. And the birth of Jesus has brought you here. 
tonight. The Christmas story is the first story of how God's Son entered into human history. Years ago, there was an elementary school in Johnson County, Kentucky, that was going to perform Charles Schultz's play, A Charlie Brown Christmas. The superintendent of schools, one Mr. Thomas Saylor, ruled that W.R. Case Elementary School was to refrain from quoting Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Those of you familiar with the classic animated tale features a depressed Charlie Brown loudly saying, what is Christmas all about? And since the children were forbidden from quoting the dangerous scripture, the parents took it upon themselves to read the passage. We live in a world where in some places, Jesus is no longer welcome even in his own story. But this is part of the meaning of Christmas and the purpose of Christmas and the story of Christmas because it isn't just about the story that God sends his son. The Christmas story is also an invitation to include you in the story. The story's more than a proclamation. It's an invitation. And the story begins with the shepherd's watch in verse 8, and wonder in verses 9 through 14, and worship in verses 15 through 16, and then a witness in verses 17 through 20. And so in, verses eight, in verse 8, we see the shepherd's watch. Look what it says. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Have you ever had to make an important announcement? Maybe that you are getting married or you are having a child or that there was something important that was about to take place in your life. For thousands of years, God sent messengers to make an important announcements along the way. And as the Lord made announcements along the way, the Lord gave important instructions to people like Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and Moses and Joshua, to David and Daniel. The Lord revealed to Moses important information about the creation and the fall. Something horrible and terrible happened in our world. Sin came into the world about redemption and reconciliation, but now the Lord is going to make one of the most important announcements that have ever been made. Some of you are very, very young, and some of you are very, very mature. It was 50 years ago today. On December 24th, the crew of Apollo 8 orbited the moon. They said to the crew, the whole world is watching you right now. More people will listen to you than have ever listened to anyone 
ever before, so be careful what you say. And the crew of Apollo 8, one by one, took a portion of the book of Genesis in chapter 1 and began to read it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They continued through the chapter. The whole world was watching. And as they were watching, they took a picture of the earth coming up over the moon. And it was breathtaking. And one of the astronauts said... The astonishing thing here today isn't that human beings have orbited the moon. The most astonishing thing that has ever happened is that God has walked on that earth. Isn't that amazing? The country shepherds are awake when most normal people are asleep. In the night, sheep are vulnerable. They're subject to predators. And the shepherds were tasked with protecting the flocks, but they also were tasked with preparing the lambs for a sacrifice that would be offered in the nearby temple. We know the names of Joseph and Mary and Jesus in our story, but we don't know the shepherds' names. Let me ask you a question. If you were to give them a name, what name would you give them? We don't know their names, but we know that they were important to God because God includes them in the Christmas story. You may never have been asked this question. How do you feel about shepherds? It may come as a surprise to you that shepherds were not admired or respected in the ancient world. Towns and villages would often pass laws that severely restricted the comings and goings of shepherds and their sheep. Shepherds were viewed as being on the lowest rung of society's ladder. The Jewish culture stereotyped shepherds as liars and thieves and degenerate. Shepherds were so mistrusted that their testimony was normally inadmissible in Jewish courts. The religious establishment also took a dim view of shepherds. Attending sheep made it almost impossible for shepherds to avoid becoming anything other than unclean under the strict rules of Jewish law. And because they were normally unclean, this meant that shepherds would not normally come to the synagogue. They would not normally make the journey to the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. The Pharisees and some religious leaders would have never placed shepherds on their invitation list to Hanukkah parties or celebrations. That list would also have excluded tax collectors, harlots, Gentiles. And so the Lord's decision to send an angel to the shepherds was not simply unexpected. It would have been considered bad form. Why not appear to Caesar? 
or the Roman Senate. Better yet, why not appear to the Jewish high priest and the Jewish high council with this kind of important announcement you would want the whole world to be involved? The shepherds were used to being shunned by the government. They were used to being despised by the religious establishment. They were used to being ridiculed in polite society. So who were the shepherds? More often than not, a shepherd was a person very unlikely to ever go to synagogue, to ever go to a worship service, to ever be involved in anything religious. Shepherds were often people who had already given up the idea that God cared about them or that they even mattered a little bit. And this is what makes the Christmas announcement even more remarkable. God sends an angel to people who, for the most part, had given up any hope whatsoever of ever being accepted by God, of ever being loved by God. The country shepherds keeping watch while children safely sleep Concerned and conscious of their flock, entrusted to their keep. A group of people that most people didn't care about, but God cared about them. He cared about them so much that he sent angels to people who for the most part had given up on God and who knows but that the Lord might send an angel through you, to someone who's all but been forgotten. The meaning of Christmas and the miracle of Christmas and the message of Christmas is going to go to the most unlikely subject. And look what it says in verse 9. The shepherds wonder, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. The shepherds' watch leads to the shepherds' wonder, and the angel's appearance generates terror and fear. On the History Channel today, it's non-stop ancient aliens and Christmas. <laughs> if you've made the mistake like me of watching a single episode of Ancient Aliens, you know that the answer is always that when there is a glowing object in the sky, it probably means that we're being visited by people from another planet. But that's not the case in the biblical description. When an angel appeared, it usually meant that you were gonna die. Angels typically only showed up and delivered a message that went something like this. Time is up. Your life is over. It's time to leave. But that is not what's going to happen to these shepherds. They're going to receive reassurance. In verse 10 it says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
But not all people believe the gospel is good news or that it's even for all people. Today in the news, one person said, how idiotic and insensitive is it for a person to say Merry Christmas? What I would say to them is, look what the angel said. He said, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which is to be to all people. It's for the believer. It's even for the unbeliever. It's especially for the unbeliever. The reason why is because there is born to you in this day, the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The shepherds could see what normally could not be seen. They could hear what normally could not be heard. They were able to see the invisible and the unavailable was made available to them. The shepherds remind us that God is much closer than we think, that he's never that far at all, especially in the darkness and in the loneliness and in the difficulty and in the misery, the angel calms their fears. The angel brings good news. He brings the message of Christmas and the meaning of Christmas and the miracle of Christmas. The message of Christmas, of course, is in verse 10. Then the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which is to all the earth. And then in verse 11, there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. The prophet Isaiah, by the Spirit, wrote, centuries earlier. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. There, there will be his royal titles, wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. And what is the message of Christmas? There is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. A savior is born. And you have to understand for many Jews, redemption and salvation meant deliverance from Rome. Others longed for healing from sickness or suffering or pain. There were people who are, were looking for a way out of their pain, out of their suffering, out of their darkness and difficulty. And this message reminds us of the thoughtfulness of God and the faithfulness of God. The Lord is thoughtful because he's going to give us what we need the most. Children, when they're asked what they want for Christmas, usually tell you what they want. And then sometimes on Christmas, it's such a disappointment that you get what you need. <laughs> Mom, I don't need any more underwear. I don't need any more socks. If you got underwear or socks, just politely be grateful. <laughs> Max Lucado wrote, quote, 
If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, he sent us a savior, unquote. John the Baptist called his famous cousin the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And the Lord appears to shepherds who are entrusted with lambs. And the Lord appears to Mary and Joseph who are entrusted with the precious Lamb of God. And then we see the meaning of Christmas. In both the message and the meaning of Christmas, we find a Savior. The very fact that Jesus is called Savior means that someone needed saving and that someone was able to do exactly that, save. The sick need a doctor. The accused need a lawyer. Human beings stand condemned before God's court of law. Paul wrote, there's none righteous, there's none who understands, there's none who seek after God. Why are people lost? They're lost because they've rejected what God says about their condition, about their heart, and about their circumstance. They're lost because they've disobeyed their own conscience which repeatedly reminds them you didn't do what was right you didn't say what was right you did the wrong thing why are people lost not simply because they ignore the revelation of god or the witness of their own conscience they're lost because of their relationship to this lost world they're lost because of their relationship to Satan, Jesus told the religious leaders that if God were their father, they would have loved Jesus because Jesus came from God. He told the religious leaders that they were unable to understand his speech or understand his words and that the reason why they couldn't understand his speech or understand his words is because they had a different father. He told them that they were of their father the devil and that the lust or the passion or the desires of their father, that that is what they would do. Jesus spoke of Satan as a murderer and a liar who was unwilling to stand in the truth. And so Jesus comes and he tells the truth about everything, about our lost condition and about the need for a savior. Because salvation has always been by blood. It's always been by a person. It's always been by grace. And the cost of salvation was paid by God. Some of you have spent a great deal of money at Christmas. Some of you may have bought a gift that you could scarcely afford. But God is going to pay a price of infinite value. He's going to give his son. And that's the meaning of Christmas. A babe in a manger 
God becomes a man. And I want you to think about it just for a moment because the moment that God stoops down to man, it must be, mean that man is about to be lifted up. When you're a child, you look in the eyes and the arms of your mother and your father, your grandma or your grandfather. How wonderful it is for me to be able to stoop down and pick up my child and pick up my grandchild. And this is exactly what God is doing in Jesus. He stoops down because guess what? He is going to lift you up. The good news is good news for everyone. The child that is born to you is never born to you unless you're born to that child. And see, we see the miracle of Christmas. Born, a baby, wrapped up in a manger. This is the miracle. The infinite becomes an infant. God becomes human. And in verse 13 it says, And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, glory to God in the highest, and peace, goodwill toward men. Several years ago there was a tragedy that happened. A person was diagnosed with cancer. And it was a particular kind of cancer that was very, very hard and very, very difficult. It was cancer of the tongue. And before this person went in for the operation, the doctor said, there's a very good chance that you will never speak again. Is there something that you would like to say before we begin this operation? And the man smiled and he said, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And then he quoted from the book of Philippians. He said that there will come a time when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And with those lingering moments that he had left, he shared the gospel with the doctor the message is then accompanied by music. It's the angel's song. The angel's song remains in heaven and earth, uh, an all-time favorite. We sang it here tonight. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. And so the song is sung all around the world carols and sweetest hymns, joy and grace and endless swirls. You can express your joy. Right now, at Christmas, just like the angels did. Do you want to know the meaning of Christmas and participate in the message of Christmas and the miracle of Christmas? Then make room in your heart for Jesus. Because the moment that you do, the moment you make room for Jesus in your heart, you'll soon find that there's no more room for the things of this world, for the things of the flesh, 
for the things that are slipping away. And look what it says. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has done to us. The shepherds provide us with the mission of Christmas in verse 15. And then again in verse 16, they came with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The shepherds have no crash course in etiquette. These shepherds lived much of their lives in caves and sheep pens. This wasn't their first trip to a sheep's pen. But it may have been the only time that they found a baby lying in a feeding trough. The shepherds come. The shepherds don't go, we don't know how to act. We don't know what to say. And that's exactly how we come. It isn't, well, what sh how should I act or what should I say? You come just the way that you are. You come weary and heavy laden. You come even though you're broken in spirit or bent in soul. You come no matter what the past has said. You come to this manger where he lies unguarded from your touch, unshielded from your gaze. The, the Old Testament would say, kiss the son, accept him as your savior. Spurgeon said, never mind the past has been, he can forget and forgive. The mission, come to him. The mission, go to them. And that's exactly what they do. Look what it says in verse 17. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told concerning the child. What saying was that? That a child is born. A savior is given. Christ the Lord. The shepherds were amazed. Not simply at the Christmas story. They were amazed that they became a part of that story. And then the shepherds did exactly what the angels said. The shepherds took the place of the angels. And then they provided the good news towards anyone who was willing to listen. And now it's your turn. The shepherds took the place of the angels, but you get to take the place of the shepherds. And tell someone exactly, exactly the meaning and the message and the miracle of Christmas. We're going to close in just a moment. We have one more song, right? Then let's sing it here. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray that we would not be content to keep the joy to ourselves. Lord, we pray that we would honor the Christmas message by making sure that we honor the Christmas child. Lord, we know that in our hearts and in our lives, 
the future that you've provided for us, you've provided for us because of this story. Lord, we know that for so many people, they may have walked out of the story or didn't think that they belonged in the story. But Lord, I pray that that's exactly what would happen, that we could walk back into this story and that we could experience newfound joy, newfound peace, newfound hope, and an old song sang with fresh heart. In Jesus' name, amen.